Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you? Well, you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. Occasionally what? What do I do? Occasionally, you try and mix things up, and it throws me off. Maybe I've just been doing it wrong the whole time, and I'm trying to find the right way to do it. You ever think about that? No. No. I, I saw a TikTok where, a <laughs> where Dan Levy was like, Catherine O'Hara would do it differently every take. Every single take would be different and amazing. David. And I'm like, I don't I don't have that kind of creative uh, brain inside my body right now. I can't imagine it. Well, I'll tell you, this is, um, it, that I think is the true skill. Relating to you, of course, doing yeah. things differently every time. Well, when we did the My Brother, My Brother and Me show, which is, maybe the entire breadth of my television experience. We'd like do, you know, a five minute opening or whatever scene. And then JD would be like, okay, do it again. And Justin Griffin and I were like, what? Because like we were making it up as we went. What do you mean do it again? What? What are you talking? We simply could not do it. But I, I've heard a similar thing for uh, Matt Berry on uh, what we do in the shadows. Mm. That a lot of the Laszlo Cravensworth stuff is he says like, because it's shot in such a documentary style, he's like, if I feel like they're not paying enough attention to me, if I feel like either the actor or the camera people aren't looking at me, I'll just say a word in a weird way. <laughs> and it's a very Travis McElroy thing to do. I don't think that's what I heard about doing things when I was like learning to act for film and television where they said, do it the same. But then all of these great actors, you hear that they do weird stuff. Well, I, I guess you have to be a great actor first and then people put up with that, right? I don't know. Or you like are, uh, create a brand for yourself like Matthew Barry and Catherine O'Hara have, where it's just like when we hire them, it's because we want them to do that thing. You know what I mean? Anyways, none of that <laughs> is what this episode is about. Yeah, you're right. That was a very um, a bim bam open, wasn't it? No, that was too coherent too, for my brother, oh, okay. my brother, my, my brother, right. my brother and me uh, for the layman. But not yet schmannerly. Not yes, not to my brother, my brother and me. Not yet a woman. Is that it? <laughs> okay, Something but like we're that. talking about pools. We are because here in the states, Labor Day weekend is marks the end of most pools. Now, some home pools. Listen, you can keep your own pool open as long as you want. I but, bet there are people in like Florida and Texas. Yeah, keep open all year round. I say that, but here it is like September sixth, and it's like ninety eight thousand degrees out there. <laughs> Close to that. Close to that number. Um, Might as well be walking on the sun. (laughs) So I I think a lot of municipal pools are probably closed, but certain, I guess, if you have community pools and you can keep them staffed, why not keep it open? Or like a swimming hole? Hot. A old swimming hole for swimming, fishing, learn about love. We are going to cover specifically pool parties because... We've already covered pools and beaches here on Schmanners way, and way. And swimming holes. 
and swimming holes, but pools and beaches specifically, way back June 23rd, 2016. We were so young then. We were. I hadn't even had a first child yet. Oh, you're right. We yeah. were still full of dreams and hopes, and we slept good. Um, but it's been a long time, and we haven't been sleeping well for six years. So At least. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go back. We're going to do a little bit. Uh, just kind of rehash it a bit. Now, you you grew up uh, quite the swimmer. Yes. Did swim team, mm-hmm. uh, started like lifeguarding and swim coaching when you were uh, a teenager. Indeed. So have you been, is pool parties a part of that? Like, were you going to pool parties constantly? Often? Yes, constantly. Um, a swim team, every party is a pool party because you do it at the pool. Uh, um, and I thought that was more like we take the pool wherever we, in our hearts. <laughs> it's always a pool wherever we are. No. And then when you work at a pool, I suppose there definitely are times where I'm like, ugh, I don't want to be here anymore ever. But, you know, you on your day off, you if you are the boss, you get to bring all your friends in and have a party. <laughs> now, I also know, I also know that at least at one of the places you worked, there was like a birthday room. Yes. Right? So mm-hmm. you must have had to lifeguard quite yep. a few pool parties as well. Yep. That was for younger children. Um, Gross. And, and uh, lifeguarding a pool party is interesting because um, there should be more adults in the water. Yeah. Well, is that's what a, I'm going to say. That's the thing in general, right? Where like, ah, uh, there's a, an adult being, even if it's just like an older child being paid to be here. I'm out. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about pools. Pools were invented in 500 BCE. No. Yeah, you don't know. No, further, but further, further way back. 2500 BCE. So very close, 2600 BCE. Oh, you know what? We're going to count it. Is when the first known swimming pool, um, known as the Great Baths of Mohaneo Daro, or simply the Great Bath. Okay, yeah. Because um, they would bathe. They'd take the waters and bathe and stuff, right? Yeah, it's in Pakistan. Um, and it's a archaeological site. It was made out of brick and gypsum. And it was constructed within the Indus civilization there in what is now southern Pakistan. Have you, I know you've seen the videos where it's like, these two guys dug out a pool oh, yeah. in the jungle. In the fi- no, they I can't. Didn't. I can't <laughs> dissuade BB from the idea that it's all real. Or I'm like, but that's not it's how not... that would. They just they took water and dirt and mixed it together and rubbed it on the walls, and you think that that's waterproof. That's not how that works, buddy. That's just mud. <laughs> mud washes. The I don't know how to tell you this. Yeah. Oh, babes. Um. So the pool itself has stairs and benches and a deck and pretty like, nice. It looks party ready. Well, I mean, not now. Not but anymore. It, it yeah. would have been party ready. But it was also probably more likely used for religious ceremonies. But who knows? Maybe they did have parties. Yeah, it could be both. There's some fun religious ceremonies. Yep, definitely. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I bet they exist. I mean, fun for who? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, the ancient Greeks and Romans, as we know. They love baths. They love their pools. They uh, love to bathe. Um, in the 6th century BCE, both societies had palestrae, which were large open court spaces with, you know, areas for wrestling and various other sports among 
which were pools and swimming. Um, they were available for exercise, but also social gathering places for ancient peoples to enjoy. AKA party. Now they weren't ancient at the time, right? No. Or are you saying old I'm, people? Some of them were, but all, all but of the people But it wasn't like then, this pool, only if you're ancient. I'm putting on the ancient okay. uh, label. Because they them. probably didn't call themselves ancient <laughs> people at the time. Not. They weren't like, hey, you know what? We're There'll the probably old- be a people a long time after us. We should start referring to ourselves as like ancient Greece, ancient Rome, right? The OGs. Yeah. Do you think that ancient Greece was like, we're ancient Greece, and Rome was like, oh man, we were gonna... <sighs> no, I don't. Um... These gathering places, extremely, extremely popular. Can you imagine? And around 600 BCE, even more public baths started popping up. And this is when Plato, the philosopher. uh, And the modeling clay. mm, Starts talking. (laughs) What? Plato. Yeah, that's a weak joke. Listen, I've never claimed otherwise. (laughs) Started teaching the importance of teaching children to swim. Um, And so then Grecian society continued to develop and more and more pools began propping up. And the idea of the private pool became a status symbol. Okay. Uh, Ancient Romans in particular loved to construct big elaborate pools to showcase wealth and status. Around the first century BCE, there was this dude, Gaius Masinas, perhaps, um, who built a pool so extravagant and went down in history. Oh, what? He brought in um, a very well-known architect, um, and he paid him uh, handsomely. Being one of Augustus Caesar's um, like main dudes, he had a lot of money to throw at this pool. Uh-huh. Um, and so he ordered it to have waterfalls and what? gardens and terraces and villas. Wait, a villa a, at the pool? Yep. Mm-hmm. The, okay. the pool has its own villa, the pool house, as you might say. Okay. Several of those. Um, and the most impressive part was that this pool was heated. Ooh, la, la. Yeah, not the same way that we would heat things today. But if you've ever watched one of those dating shows where they have the hot tub out in the woods, where it's like the fire underneath, they just basically boil themselves. Yeah. That's the way that they did it. They built a fire underneath the bottom of the pool. Okay. I don't like that. That does feel <laughs> too close to like, I'm making Travis stew. <laughs> that's, every, that's what I think every time I see those dating shows where they yeah. have the hot tub in the woods. Yeah. There's got to be some kind of, because like, just don't touch the bottom, I guess. It's I guess. Hot. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but this was thousands of years before electricity, right? Sure. Um, and so that was the only way that they could do it mm. to make it heated. To boil themselves. To boil themselves. Okay. Um, so then let's jump, let's jump forward, okay? Because pools didn't really change much until about the 1800s. When they moved indoors. Okay. So the pool used to have a villa. Now the villa has a pool inside. Oh, good job. Great job. Uh, In London, these were called... London. (laughs) Yeah, London. They were called swimming clubs. And they were popular community spaces, as were the baths, right? We've talked about going to cleanse yourself in the waters, maybe going to bath to take the baths. 
You mean to the place bath? Yes. Okay, you didn't hit it with a big enough capital letter when Sorry. you said it. So more of just like, it sounded like, instead of saying like, I'm going to take a shower, I'm going to take a bath, I'm like, I'm going to bath. <laughs> Sorry, no. Bath. Where there's- I'm going to bath. Ancient, ancient, bath. ancient springs. And then they put the, the pool around it. They built okay. the pool there so you could go in it. It is way easier to build a pool where water already is. Yes. Just a- a little pro tip from me to you. Like, building a pool in the ocean, easy. You just got to put a ring of stuff around mm-hmm. it, and you're like, boom. Totally. Pool. And there are pools in Australia that do that. I knew it. Did that. Um, I don't know particularly if they still do, but um, around this time, uh, the late 1800s, um, when the Olympic Games were renewed, um, people started getting an interest in actual, like, swimming again. Um, instead of just like sitting in, in the waters, right? That's what I prefer to do. I miss that. We just need more sitting. seats in pools. I sit down in the pool. Oh, it is comfortable. Then I see somebody doing like, you know, they're doing laps or whatever. Make me feel bad. Ugh. Um, like I said, outdoor pools in places like Australia, uh, they were filled with seawater. So people could enjoy the ocean during times when it might have been too dangerous to swim in the actual oh, yeah. ocean. When Poseidon was angry. Around the same time, Poseidon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's okay, babe. Uh, <laughs> apparently, I'm just about two minutes ahead of you. It's weird to have a lag when we're sitting in the same room. It's just that in order to get through a lot of these shows, I have to pick and choose when I'm actually listening to I, you. Uh, I get it. I have to pick and choose when I'm actually listening to you. <laughs> Most of the time, I am, though, because I but, respect you. But you really got me with Poseidon. Yeah, I got you good. Yeah, I got me. Do you need a minute? Let's take a minute and hear a word from another Max Fun show. Somewhere in an alternate universe where Hollywood is smarter. And the Emmy nominees for Outstanding Comedy Series are Jet Pacula, Airport Marriott. Rupple. Dear America, we've seen you naked. And Allah in the family. In our stupid universe, you can't see any of these shows, but you can listen to them on Dead Pilot Society, the podcast that brings you hilarious comedy pilots that the networks and streamers bought but never made. Journey to the alternate television universe of Dead Pilot Society on MaximumFun.org. I'm Jesse Thorne. Bullseye is celebrating 50 years of hip-hop by bringing you an entire month of brand-new interviews with rappers. That means Jeezy. I put my pain in the music. Angie Stone. You know, hip-hops. We called them hops back then. Master P. Music is what's going to open the doors for us, but whatever we come up with after this, it's going to be bigger. Plus, Chica, Saba, even the greatest of them all, Rakim. That's this September. Open up that podcast app, type in Bullseye, and hit subscribe. You're not going to want to miss any of this. Okay. So the year, I don't remember where we were. But it was something like late 1800s, pools moved indoors, everybody's sitting in pools, back to swimming, and then... Well, I... 
I've told you about some pools around the world, but I need to highlight one here okay. in the States. Here in the States? It is touted as the most luxurious stateside pool <gasps> at the Bitmore in Asheville, North Carolina. The Bitmore is a massive estate belonging yeah, to George Vanderbilt, the second grandson of notorious railroad tycoon Cornelius Vanderbilt. And it's not Biltmore? That's what it's called. It's called Biltmore. Biltmore, okay. Yeah. Like Vanderbilt built more. And he built more. He built more. He really, he really did. Uh, The square footage of this estate is 178,926 square feet. That seems like a lot. It is a lot. The indoor swimming pool holds 70,000 gallons. Now, my aquarium holds 60,000 gallons. No, 60 gallons. Yep. Okay. That's pretty big. It is, it is a extra large, probably Olympic size swim pool. Amazing, um, inside, and so at a time, this was 1895 when most homes didn't have indoor plumbing or electricity. Mm-hmm. The Biltmore had both. They had an electrified pool. <laughs> Watch out! I mean, they did have full of eels. Uh, eels. Like electric eels. Oh, That's how they got the power. No, not close. Okay. No, not close at all. Yeah, they had a, <laughs> they had a bunch of servants running on treadmills. Uh, it had the pool had a dome ceiling. It had archways and it had underwater lights. Ooh, ooh, la la. Um, and so, of course, but it was indoors. Yeah. Why would you need just turn on overwater lights? I don't know. Okay. Because opulence. That's I guess, why. Yeah. If you can build it, you can have it. I love the idea that, like, the Vanderbilt's were worried, like, people are going to come see our 70,000, you know, gallon pool and be like, yeah, but where are the lights? The one thing that really hadn't caught up to this innovation. Chlorine? Yeah. Yeah. Sanitation. Yeah, 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 yeah. We kind of, I was going to mention that a couple (laughs) times now. Because, like, when we're talking about people going and taking a bath in, like, ancient Rome and stuff, yeah. I bet that water, well, I bet they used a lot of perfumes and oils mm-hmm. and stuff on it. So I bet it had a weird, like, film on top. Well, if you have a natural spring source, right, you can kind of just let more water in and kind of pull more water out, right? A continual kind of refilling of the water. I mean, I guess, unless you drain it completely and then refill it, though, like, your bacteria and stuff multiplies. And that's what you have to Basically, they had to do. Ugh. Um, and so since then, OVS, it's been drained and properly sanitized. So if you want to tour the estate, y- you won't be trapped in a room with stagnant water. But, you know, nowadays we can build it with pumps. Do you ever watch the, like, this pool is sat here for, like, you know, three years and it's gross and we're going to clean it? Oh, yeah. Videos? Yeah, I've Love seen those. those. I love that. I love the part when they they throw the chlorine tablets in there and then they cut and then the next day it's you can see the bottom. Yeah. You've done that a lot too, chlorine and stuff because you worked oh, yeah. at the pool and stuff. It's yeah. All, it seems like magic to me. It isn't. It's it's chemistry. I know. I know listen, I said seems like. <laughs> I know it's not mad. Hey, listen, I know I can be pretty goofy sometimes. I know chlorine isn't magical. I said it seems like okay. magic to you're, me. Okay, you're right. You did say that. Um, okay, so uh, lucky for other people, though, you didn't have to go to the Biltmore Estate to swim. Uh, in the 1800s, they started building um, 
like community pools. Okay. Right. Uh, 1868, the Cabot Street Bath in Boston was opened. Um, and again, not really for like swimming as in like racing or exercising, but bathing, strolling, sitting, you know, all mm. the kind of stuff you love to do in a Soaking. pool. Soaking. Um, but Just it was, being there. But it was built to serve a neighborhood where most people could not afford to have a bath in their home, right? 1907, the Racquet Club of Philadelphia built the U.S.'s first above-ground swimming pool designed specifically for leisure. Okay. And uh, before 1910, the only way to clean the water, like we said, was to completely drain it. But this also was when the pool is above the ground, you can a lot easier cycle the water through. You can attach a pump. You can do all kinds of things because you you don't have to dig. Yeah. I can't. I'm just surprised it took them that long. I know. It kind of feels like the other way would go first where they were like, we'll just put a big tub up here. And then later someone was like, what if we buried it? Then we wouldn't have to build a deck around it. Hmm. Interesting. I I guess it's you're kind of limited by materials, right? You can't you could I guess you could build a cement pool. Yeah, but by this point, they had uh, water tower things that would, like, hold water. They could have figured it out. Okay, well. Barrels hold water. Like, you could have made a, a pool the same way you make a barrel. It uh, wouldn't have been good. Okay. I'm mad at you now. <laughs> We're <laughs> having a fight. This is a fight now. Why didn't you make above-ground pools sooner, Teresa? The, the past people did it, not me. Well, it sounds like you're a big fan of their work, <laughs> sitting here talking about them. Now. Sales of above-ground pools skyrocketed after what major world event? World War One, Two. Two. World War Two. I figured it was one of them. <laughs> With the move out to the suburbs, yeah. right? Everybody had a yard. Anybody who could buy one could have an above-ground pool. And they didn't have to dig. And they didn't have to dig, yeah. Um, but that said, man, I've seen, well, I know we just keep referencing like TikToks and videos we watch, I'm trying to seem hip, but I've seen ones of just like above-ground pools basically just like ripping up, like yeah. leaning on it the wrong way or whatever, a dog jumps in and it's just like all over the yard. This is the hazard, indeed. Um, and so... Pools became a symbol of status again in the U.S. Um, so like Hollywood stars would host lavish gatherings around their pools and mm. socialites were photographed. So this was, a, this was a tanning is cool era, right? Yes, this is yeah. a tanning is cool era. But like more more parties and pool parties specifically are cool. Yeah. That makes sense coming out of like the 1920s where I bet it was like. Uh, you know, look how pale I am. I have never had to work a day in my life was very trendy. And then you move out to the suburbs and everybody has leisure time to like grill and, you know, sit by the pool or whatever. And now it's like, yeah, I have leisure time. Look how tan I am. I believe we have discussed this yeah. before. Tanning isn't cool. <laughs> okay, so here are some things that you should keep in mind at your next pool party. Don't run. Oh, yes, you are correct, sir. Don't run, because you'll fall. And that concrete, it hurts. And you can eat and get right in the pool. Don't eat in the pool, because that's gross. Yeah, but probably not. But you're not going to get cramps. That's not real. Right? I mean, unless you're, like, an Olympic swimmer, probably not real. Wait, if you're an Olympic swimmer, you're going to get cramps if you eat before you get in the pool? 
I have I have heard that it can upset your tummy if you have if you have eaten too much. Oh, you mean because you're swimming so hard? Yeah, like stomach, you're doing Olympic cramps. Swimming. Not like there's something about Olympic swimmers that if they eat a hot dog and then they touch water, cramp right no. up. No, if you're going to swim a long time, like oh, okay. if you're swimming to race. If I was going to swim for a long time, it would hurt my tummy no matter what I've done. Mm, it would hurt my right. whole body probably because right. I would sink to the bottom. <laughs> um. But if you're going to go to one, and hopefully this weekend you get out there because it is hot, hot, hot around here, um, you it's probably more of a chill vibe, right? Um, so don't don't worry about like being fancy. Uh, do bring a swimsuit and probably a cover up, um, yeah, if you want, or a t-shirt or something, because odds are uh, you will have to go inside to use the bathroom, right? Um, bring a towel and sunscreen and, you know, talk to your host and figure out if there's if you can bring like, I don't know, punch or something. Um, like you said, follow basic pool safety. That's no pushing or roughhousing. Don't run. Don't dive in the shallow end. Don't eat in the pool. Uh, basically, if you've heard it on in movies and TV where the lifeguard yells at you for something, just don't sure. do that. Don't don't do that part. How do we feel about splashing? Um. As long as everybody's into it. Consensual splashing. Consensual splashing. Yes. I think Don't that get would be super fine. drunk and swim. That doesn't seem safe. You are correct, sir, because being out in the pool, you would think was hydrating. It's not. Chemicals in there. It's dehydrating. So you feel intoxication faster um, and therefore you're not you don't have the same kind of like wits and tolerance that you would have outside of the water that's how you end up seeing like demos jumping off of like roof like you know uh, the garage into the pool at party don't do yeah, that don't, don't, don't do that you know what ruins a party er visits an emt having to come not indeed. fun indeed i'm um, a dad now <laughs> make safe choices <laughs> at your pool parties do be considerate um you know don't drip all over somebody's house uh lay your towel out to dry don't like just leave it in a crumple especially if it's not your towel remember to drink plenty of water um not pool water not pool water don't don't drink the pool water your butt's been in there and also chemicals don't drink that yeah and chemical butts <laughs> but you can actually have a lot of fun at a pool party, even if you don't want to swim. I know that you oftentimes will dip in to cool off, and then you're done. Summer right? thing, yeah. Um, but lots of fun can be had at a pool party, even if you are not going to swim. You know, you can just... Vibe. Vibe. Just I vibe would, and chill. What is it that you guys have? Surf the vibe? Is yeah. that this year? Yeah. It yeah. is. 20 Sun and Sea, surf the vibe? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, babe. That's the year. Here it is, September, and you're still there. If you want to host a pool party, um, you don't necessarily have to have your own pool, but you do need to have access to a pool, right? Like yeah. your community pool or or something like that, right? Um, I would suggest having an extra stash of towels and sunscreen and bottled water. That's always appreciated by guests. Um, and give everyone a tour when they arrive. Even if it's not your pool, make sure that everyone knows where the locker rooms are, where the maybe there's a concession stand. Let them know if there's, I don't know, an adult swim, if they have kids or whatever. Um, and if it is your pool, uh, outline restroom uh like rules, right? Do you want people to put on shoes to come into the house? Do you want people to wear their towels in the house 
cover-ups in the house, whatever it is, right? Make sure that your guests know what's expected of them, and then everyone will have a better time. Um, If you are, whether you're throwing the party or you're attending the party, um, no glass containers. Indeed. That can really ruin a pool. Uh, and hurt somebody and all that stuff. So go with like cans or plastic. Uh, same with like if you're using cups, you know, yeah. you, you want to use plastic cups or aluminum cups if you if you so desire. Uh, but you know, avoid glass bottles, avoid glass glasses, even like ceramic and stuff. I had one time some some a lovely lifeguard friend of mine brought her coffee cup out onto the pool deck and it did not fare well. Um, so yeah, don't do that either. Um, as we said earlier, do make sure that people are appropriately supervised. Now, most adults can usually take care of themselves, especially in the shallow end. But if there are children around, please make sure that you have a designated adult watching the children, right? Because something can happen in the blink of an eye and you want to make sure that, um, you know, a fun party is, like you said earlier, one that does not end up at the ER. Yeah. You know what's fun? Following rules. <laughs> Being safe. Being safe. Have some shade. Don't get a sunburn. Come on. <laughs> Take care of yourself. You have work tomorrow. Come on. Make good choices. Drink lots of water. And it's okay to drink. Don't drink and drive. That's a good party etiquette no matter what. Uh, make sure and drink some water. Don't drink on an empty stomach. Come on. Come on, be safe. Have fun. It's me, the cool dad. <laughs> that the cool dad. Does the what does the cool dad think about peeing in the pool? Cool dad. Mm. Mm. Cool dad says peeing in the ocean is fine, but don't pee in the pool. Yes, agreed. Peeing in the ocean's okay because that's where the fish pee. But in the pool, it's a it's a parts per million game. I understand that. Listen, between you and me, I know. But if everybody thinks it's okay to pee in the pool, that skyrockets real fast. <laughs> Have you ever seen, once again, we're going to reference another video, but the video of the guy, I think it's a comic talking about like, why, like a guy, you know, hanging out with your friends in the pool and the water gets warm to you and you realize your friend pees and everyone's like, oh man, not cool. Come on, bud. And then it moves on. But now imagine he got up out of the pool, stood on the side of the pool and then peed into the pool. <laughs> You'd never talk to that guy again. You'd never would. Same action, different results. <laughs> Oh, boy. I have one final thing I want to talk about. Now, when people talk about swimming, they often talk about swimming attire. And we've talked about historical swimming attire. But I would like to just reiterate that you don't ever have to tell anyone to dress differently than the way that they're dressed. Okay? Yes, correct. Everyone has their own idea of what they want to put on their body. And we don't comment on it and we can do what we want, right? Yes. Listeners. So um, we don't we don't police swimwear. It's a it can be a very deep and emotional thing for some people and you never know what kind of battles somebody has fought. Um, maybe the person in the skimpy bikini had some sort of body issue before and never felt like they could wear that. And now they feel healed and they want to wear the skimpy bikini. You should let them do that. Same thing with the person who maybe wants to swim in their T-shirt or be even more covered ups in a, what do they call it, a burkini? I mean, at this point, I almost always at the beach or the pool or whatever, I have like a, like a rash guard shirt kind mm-hmm. of thing uh, because I, I take like skin cancer and stuff very seriously. My mom passed away uh, from melanoma. And so like sunscreen 
is you know isn't always good enough for me, and I prefer to have something that covers like my my arms and my chest and my back and stuff. That's right. So everybody wears what they want to wear, and we don't tell them what to do. And I wear slacks. It's um, not schmannerly. Cowboy what? boots. No, nope. I go swimming. I've never seen you wear cowboy boots to go swimming. Well, I don't swim that often. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. That's going to do it for us. Um, make sure you go to macroymerch.com. It is September. It's a new month. So we got a lot of new stuff there. Um, you can also go to macroy.family to check out all of our upcoming appearances and all the information there. What else, Teresa? Oh, thank what? you to our researcher, Alex, without whom we would not be able to make this show. Thank you to our editor, Rachel, without whom we could not make the show. And thank you to you for listening. We can make the show without you, but why? Uh, what else, Teresa? Thank you to Brent, Brent of Floss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Also, thank you to Bruja Betty Pennant Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and join that group today. Also, please continue submitting your topics and suggestions and questions. We love them. And Alex uh, reads every single one. You can send those to schmannerscast at gmail.com. And that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.